Welcome to the Gary Baumgarten Report, the podcast where newsmakers and other interesting people are actually given a chance to express their point of view. Any opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Gary's employer or sponsors or anyone else for that matter. They can form their own opinions. And just because Gary interviews someone or raises a topic doesn't mean he's making an endorsement. And finally, Gary will never tell you who to vote for because he's not qualified to make your mind up for you. So now, without further ado, here's Gary Baumgarten. Well, thank you, Zach Hartman. It's been plain as the end of our noses. Geez, that's a weird saying that we use sometimes, isn't it? That the United States relationship with Europe hasn't been so good over the last four years, the European leaders, not as good as it was in the previous four years. And that got me to thinking, now that we're in this transition period, what kind of a relationship can we expect between a Biden administration and Europe. And I sought out the person who I think is probably most qualified to talk to us about that. Claudia Clark is the author of the book, My Partner, My Friend. It's a book that explores the relationship between Barack Obama and Angela Merkel, the chancellor of Germany, how it evolved from one of extreme apprehension to one of deep friendship and a partnership that captivated the world. Claudia Clark, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I want to start, if I may, with taking a retrospect at the Trump administration and how, in my, it's not really my opinion, it's my observation, the president almost purposely dismantled the relationship between the United States and NATO, the United States and Europe, and more specifically, the United States and Chancellor Merkel. He tore her apart even before he was elected. He didn't shake her hand the first time she visited Washington after his inauguration. And there was a photo taken during a G7 summit in Canada that kind of depicted her. Now, we don't know what was going on in her mind at that particular moment, but she appeared to be staring down President Trump. And many people looked at that as a seminal moment, her disgust with the president and his relationship with Europe in general and with her in particular. Is that a fair assessment of what's happened over the past four years? I think you summed it up nicely. I'm not even sure that there's too much more that I could add to that. Okay, well, it was nice having you. Kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yes, um, you are correct. Even when Trump was a candidate and campaigning, there was some animosity between him and Chancellor Merkel over Merkel's refugee policy. When she allowed Syrian refugees to come into Germany in 2015, he was on the record calling that policy ludicrous. So that kind of started the relationship off on the wrong foot. And I think, unfortunately, it kind of went downhill from there. And there are a lot of people that think that he wasn't wrong in some things. For example, there has been a lot of difficulties with frustration, even with the Obama administration, that the United States paid more for NATO than European allies did, which is not untrue. But I think what most pundits and politicians and people think it was Trump's way of going about handling it that was controversial. 
Well, that's been the problem here all along domestically because his mouth gets him into trouble all the time. And I'm not saying anything as a person who's trying to be a detractor of the president. Even some of his most staunchest supporters would say that. But he seemed to initially start a fire, and that wasn't enough. He seemed to throw fuel on the fire. You mentioned NATO and his frustration that NATO wasn't paying its the other members of NATO weren't paying their fair share. But he actually, if I'm not mistaken, if my recollection is correct, and I think you probably know this better than me, did he not at a NATO summit refer to Angela Merkel as a Russian captive? You are correct. And I believe that was actually the same summit where you were referring to a few minutes ago about the photo. And what that photo doesn't capture is right after that photo was taken, Trump took out a couple of pieces of Starburst candy and tossed them across the table at Merkel and said, here, Angela, you can't say I never gave you anything. And then he stormed out. So that was the kind of behavior that he exhibited toward her, her more so than, it's funny because I heard a recap of his relationship with other EU leaders yesterday, and I had forgotten this. But when he met with President Macron, French President Macron, he wiped dandruff off of his shoulders. How I forgot that, I don't know. Um, maybe it's because I'm, I live in, in Germany, so I'm kind of fixated on that. But that is just the whole status of the relationship. And I do think it is funny, in an ironic sense, that he did refer to Merkel that way, because one of the biggest sticking points between Trump and the other European leaders was that Merkel primarily, but the other EU leaders too, made the decision to throw Russia out of the G8, became the G7, and that was done after Putin illegally annexed Crimea. And so there was that issue where Trump was arguing repeatedly that he wanted, he thought that Putin needed to be, Putin and Russia needed to be reinstated into the G7, G8. So on one hand, he's accusing Merkel of being too close to Putin. But on the other hand, contrary to what other European leaders and what the rest of the world thinks should be happening with Putin, he's advocating for Putin. What I never was able to wrap my mind around as I was watching this, I didn't cover it, but I watched it with great interest, is instead of questioning the institution, which he very well could have legitimately He personalized it. It was a personal attack on Angela Merkel. I think at one time he said, you, Angela, make it extremely personal. And we must remember that she is Europe's longest serving Democratic leader. It just astounded me. I'm wondering your observation of how Germans viewed this. Do they view this as misogynistic on his part? I personally did. And I think that... I'm convinced that part of why he and Merkel had such a difficult relationship was because Merkel and Obama were so close and there was no love loss between President Obama and Trump. And that is clear. And one thing that as an expat living in Germany, we've been here since 2017. So I've been here most of Trump's presidency. And I don't necessarily think that the Germans viewed how he treated Merkel as misogynistic, but more of a slap in the face, like the Europeans, the Germans especially, really, really had 
a lot of respect for America. And when I would tell people that I was from the United States, I would get a almost, I was treated almost like a celebrity by the Germans, like, oh my God, you're from the United States. Why are you in Germany kind of thing? And I think the Germans were so fond and they had so much respect for the United States that when they saw what was happening with how Trump treated Merkel, they took it as a personal attack on them that they were, he was betraying all the alliances and all the friendship for the last 75 years. And they took it to mean it was an attack on them personally and them as a culture and as a ethnicity and a country. I also watched with interest Chancellor Merkel's commentary following the victory speech on Saturday by Joe Biden. And it seemed far more optimistic. She said that Germany and Europe are ready to contribute more to the transatlantic relationship with the United States. And also to the point of not paying their fair share, she said something about America expects more from us, and rightly so, I'm quoting here, we are working on it. Does that signal that Europe is ready to work more cooperatively with the United States and NATO in particular? I think so. I think the the last four years have been a wake-up call for the Europeans, not just with Trump and the United, the relationship with the United States, but also with, with the Brexit issue. What was Interesting when I did my when I was writing my book, I would I was watching press conferences between Merkel and Obama, and time and time again, Merkel would say that Germany and the e, the rest of the EU did not have a better partner than the United States. And then as they transitioned from the Obama administration to the Trump administration, and then as well with Brexit, because it all kind of happened at the same time, Merkel went on the record four years later and she said very Tragically, I think, at least I interpreted it that way, that she went before the EU Council and before the German Bundestag and and just said, look, we can no longer rely on the United States and Britain and the UK. We need to be able to rely on ourselves. And I think that was kind of heartbreaking for everybody involved. And I think that with Biden's being sworn in and being the next president. I think that the next fit, I think the most important thing for him he needs to do is kind of repair these ties. And I think over the, the course of the four years, while Merkel, on one hand, she was saying we need to break ties from the United States. We can't rely on them anymore. She saw, and I, I see this in my everyday life, that the Germans and the rest of the Europeans, they wanted that relationship with the United States. And they were, they were personally very emotional about it. And I think it was kind of maybe a, a period of time where some soul searching could have been done. And she and the rest of the European Union realized just how dangerously close they were to losing that relationship with the United States. And that issue with NATO has been a sticking point for many years. Even President Obama, as close as he was to Merkel and Macron and Holland and the other European leaders, he was frustrated that he felt that the Europeans should be paying more for their own defense. So I think the last four years have been kind of a wake-up call. I'm wondering if you think that that relationship can be repaired relatively quickly, that it can be jump-started, given that, unlike Merkel and Trump, who really didn't know one another, Merkel and Biden know each other very well. 
and they seem to like and respect one another. There's been some speculation over the last four years and whether the damage over the last four years is permanent. No, I don't think that is going to happen. And I think that is very, very clear when you saw what happened across Europe on Saturday. The mayor of Paris tweeted out, welcome back, America. There were church bells ringing across Paris, I understand. I understand that there were also church bells in Germany, too. I personally didn't hear any, but I have many friends that are German that paid more attention to the what was going on in that election than a lot of American friends I have. And so I do think that the excitement and the rejoice that you saw on this side of the Atlantic about Biden being elected is indicative of what will happen in times to come. You are right. Biden and Merkel were relatively close. They had a good working relationship. And you can see that in her congratulations speech that she gave before the cameras yesterday was quite a different tone than the speech she gave when Trump was elected. Four years ago, it was, I will offer my cooperation, but please remember that we all have the shared values of liberty and we won't tolerate racism and xenophobia kind of thing. And that was a completely different vibe from what the words that she gave yesterday. Well, Merkel did meet regularly with Biden during his eight years as vice president. I don't know whether their relationship will be as warm and as cordial as was her relationship with Obama, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is. And if so, Claudia Clark, you may have to write volume two in four years of My Partner, My Friend. We will see. You know, it's interesting because I think that, and I argue this a lot in the book, is that one of the reasons that I that I believe that Obama and Merkel were, were so close was because we had Angela Merkel was the first former East German to be elected as the uh, chancellor of Germany, the first woman and the youngest. And then President Obama was the first African-American. And so you had all these firsts together. And then they both, the, the other thing that they had in common was that they uh, they both rose to power at unprecedented rate. You know, I have worked in politics since I was 15 years old and you normally have to spend many, many years distributing flyers and making phone calls in order to get anywhere. And both of them, pretty much came out of nowhere. So they had that relationship with one another. And so that I think was unique. And it'll be, it will be interesting to see what happens with, uh, with Merkel and Biden. The one thing though I, that I do think is we need to take into account is that Merkel is, she's on her way out. She announced that she's resigning as of the end of her term, which is September next year. And because of how she's handled the coronavirus, people have asked and made noise about her running for re-election. And the last quote of my book is absolutely not. So she has no interest in doing so. So Biden and Merkel are only going to have a year or so, or nine months or 10 months of working together, whereas Obama and Merkel had eight years. And I think that's one of the reasons those two were so close is because of all the world leaders that Merkel worked with. She and Obama worked together the longest. So that gave them time to develop a rapport and a relationship. Well, unless Merkel is convinced by somebody to change 
her point of view from absolutely not to maybe to okay. They're going to have to probably start working on this early because I think that this is the relationship in terms of personalities that may be the most important when it comes to mending the fences between the United States and Europe. Claudia Clark, thank you. You've been a great guest. And as this evolves, if I may, I might tap you on the shoulder again for an update on how Europe is viewing the Biden administration sometime next year. Absolutely.